Welcome back to Pardon My Franchise. My lip is still numb from the dentist, so if I sound weird, that's why. I'm Nora. I'm joined by Autumn. Ladies and gentlemen, RoboCop 2. the jury? (laughs) RoboCop 2. (laughs) (laughs) I was doing the bit from the movie, thanks. You paused too long and I was going to fill air. (laughs) The the bit from the movie is that he says, ladies and gentlemen, pause, RoboCop 2. (laughs) He does not say pause. No, he doesn't. He pauses. His wife does not interrupt him. How did you like RoboCop 2? This movie fucks, dude. (laughs) It's pretty pretty fun. Uh, Looks kind of like shit. Looks kind of like shit. A little bit. Uh, What is the plot of RoboCop 2? RoboCop 2 is a movie directed, is a film released in 1990, directed by Irvin Kirshner. It's written by. uh, 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 Frank Miller and because I have details about this. Um, Christ, Waylon Green, Waylon Green, who Wallen, uh, it might be Wallen Green, uh, who famously wrote the Wild Bunch, um, and uh, he's also notable for allowing a millipede to crawl over his face in the tunnel scene for Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, um. And he also wrote other things. Regardless, Hill Street Blues. Um, <laughs> uh, so, RoboCop 2 takes place a year or so, a year after RoboCop. Maybe less because they were talking about striking in the first one. Yeah. And then they go on strike in this one. It the seems time... to be pretty directly after, actually. No, no. The time scale is confusing, because somebody says it's been a few months. Anyway, regardless. So the police strike is part of the status quo. The police have been striking. And you know what that means? The purge is going on. Yeah. Um, RoboCop, uh, it... There's a a very quick plot line at the start that we'll just get out of the way, because the the movie also just tries to get it out of the way real quick. RoboCop has been stalking his wife um, because um, he wants to get back together with her and she's kind of confused by like she sees that that's Alex but she doesn't really understand what's going on Um, and then uh, he is stripped of his humanity time and again people are like you're not a person you're a machine 
And so he has to tell his wife, Alex Murphy is dead. I am a machine. Um, they made this to honor him. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's not important. Um, just forget about the resolution at the end of the last movie. Yeah, just forget about that crap. <clears throat> um, nominated for three Saturn Awards. Best science fiction film, best performance by a young actor, um, best special <laughs> effects for Phil Tippett, Rob Botton, and Peter Curran. Oh, okay, I could see Phil Tippett doing this. Because there's like... Regardless, the story of this movie. Um, so OCP, um, OCP. I'm going to outline this as like what happens in the movie, not the events as they're presented to you in order, because one of those things is slightly more confusing than the other. <laughs> OCP um, has a contract with the city to run the police department. The police have been on strike. Because of the riots and because of all this stuff going on, um, Detroit is nearing bankruptcy. If they cannot pay um, OCP, OCP will have the right to foreclose on all of the city's assets, meaning, in the words of the main villain, that they're going to take Detroit private. Um, you might remember this from the first movie, when they mentioned Delta City. Yes. Their plan to make a whole new city... Because when I think of ways to make a lot of money, it usually involves demolishing an entire city to build a new one. Yeah, totally. This makes sense. Yeah, this is a very reasonable thing to do. Um, unrelatedly, perhaps. <gasps> it, it was. It was related. <laughs> no, it was unrelated. It's kind it of becomes real. related later. Uh, you know what? It does become related later. You're but right. At it the is, start, it, these are completely separate plot lines that happen to converge in a really weird way. Yeah. You know what? You're right about one thing, Master. Um, With how often you say that, it seems like I'm right about a lot. <laughs> um... So RoboCop and Anne Lewis with a much worse haircut are in, in a much worse costume. Much worse costume. For both of them. Much worse. For some for one of them has a much worse costume. Uh, we could circle back to that in a moment. Robocop and Ann Lewis are investigating um, the new designer drug hitting the streets of, of Detroit. Um, I almost I, said New York. I almost said New York. New York. <laughs> new York. It's called Nuke. Um, you inject it into your neck? Question mark. Anyway. But through like an uh, an eye drops, like those disposable yeah. single use eye drops little containers. You twist the end off. Yeah, and you do, you do that, and there's a little needle, and it goes right on the you know under your jaw, mm -hmm. and I guess it just goes in super easy, and there's no and it's both cocaine and heroin at the same time. It's the most addictive narcotic known to man. Um, a RoboCop and um, <clears throat> and Lewis are investigating this, and they get ambushed. Uh, RoboCop in particular gets ambushed by a child because he's about to shoot the kid, and then his directives he can't shoot the kid. And then the kid shoots him. Kid shoots him. They take him into um, uh, the police station for repairs. And um, <clears throat> OCP is like workshopping the the follow up to RoboCop, right? They and they're working on RoboCop two, um, and and it's it's the same as Alex, where they're taking like cops who are like injured in the line of duty, um. And trying to put them in cyborg bodies. But Alex is the only one that it worked for. Because he's too cool and stoic and heroic. 
Um, he's Catholic. He's Catholic. He's top of his class. He's uh, he's a cop through and through. All the other guys just keep killing themselves when they realize what's happened to them, basically. Um, and there's a scene where they take they pull the faceplate off of its own. They head, take the face, and then there's like off. a skull underneath screaming. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty sick. sick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Phil Tippett said, uh, "Let me do this one real quick." <laughs> um. So, what does OCP do from here? OCP, right? So, well, put, a, put a pin in that. We have to go to the other plot. Because do we? Because they don't have a good candidate well, he, to put into the robots now. So we have to go back to the other plot. Well, I, I was going to say what they do to RoboCop here. So, so okay. in OCP, we have the, the CEO, who we saw in the last movie. He's much more evil now than he was in the last movie. In the last movie, he was kind of like too old to be effectual, and now he's super evil for reasons. He's the penguin. He's the penguin. <laughs> um... <laughs> And we have, um, who, who are these characters? Na- I'm not going to get these characters named, but we got, we got the one guy working under him who, um, kind of just says no to everything. He doesn't really have like a role at the company. It feels like other than just kind of be a kiss ass and want to move up, but he doesn't see, he doesn't have like a goal, right? Well, that's because he's a vestigial character from RoboCop. Yeah, yeah. That character was in RoboCop with, like, two lines, and now he's, like... Well, no, he was in... He was part of the corporate plot. Yeah. With that other guy who double-crossed the other guy. Oh, yeah. He was involved in all of that, but he's kind of... His role is expanded, but he doesn't get a lot more to do, if that makes sense. Um, And we also have um, Evil Woman... (laughs) Oh, I thought you meant the the Renfield. I was I was talking about the other guy who in the arm brace, who barely had any lines. You're talking about yeah. the guy with the glasses. That guy yes. with the glasses. I was talking about that guy with the glasses. The guy who designs, who works on RoboCop now. Yeah, because the guy who created the project was killed in the last movie. Right. Anyway, there's the evil woman. It, she's sleeping with the boss to try to move up with the company. And she and she, it's working. Basically, um, uh, this is a mirror of what's going on in the larger structure. So, in the larger structure of the movie, OCP is engineering the police strike to bankrupt Detroit to um, be able to foreclose. In the in this subplot, she is orchestrating RoboCop's gonna suck so that I get to take over the RoboCop program so that I get to do whatever I want. And so when RoboCop is injured by this child shooting him and he can't shoot back, she holds this public forum where they're going to get input on, um, like, how to build, how to fix RoboCop. And all these ineffectual, tree-hugging liberals, all We'd these... We'd like to see RoboCop talk about... The environment. We want to see RoboCop be a positive force for the children. What are we teaching our kids? We're will somebody please think of the children? And so they put three hundred directives in RoboCop now, where he's got a and he goes out in the field and he's like, "Hello, citizens. I am RoboCop, and I am here to tell you to stay in school and just say he no. He reads Miranda rights to a corpse. Yeah, oh, the 
the liberals got to Robocop and emasculated him. Oh no! <laughs> they made him a pussy. They made him a pussy. They sis. <laughs> No one. <laughs> they did sissy hypno on Robocop. No, don't do this. <laughs> uh, so Robocop, upon realizing what's happened to him, electrocutes himself to fry his circuits. The police Because he is standing there and everyone's like, Well, we could reset it by doing this, this, and this, but that would require a huge amount of electricity. Which, um, they can't get OCP to work on him because OCP has washed their hands of him. Yeah, Robo... And they're just not helping them right now. Yeah. Because they're the corporation. They don't have to do anything. And so, um, Robocop electrocutes himself so he can go offline and the the police, in a moment of solidarity, all, you know, get take Robocop away. They do the, um, they do the we won't tell anybody scene. <laughs> they're all picketing and they all... Walk over their signs. Uh huh. They throw down their signs and tramp on the signs. Yeah, I forgot about that. There's like a half second shot of a foot coming down on one of the signs just so because this is a fucking comic book. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and they they take Robocop and he sort of fixes himself. And I think it's not really clear, but I don't think he has any directives anymore, right? I don't remember. Um, he might not have any directives. He might not have any directives anymore. Which would explain why he's off doing his own thing for this movie. Yeah, so because this now begins the portion of the movie where Robocop kind of disappears for a little bit. Oh, we skipped we skipped something. Oh god, this movie the plot of this movie is a fucking mess. <laughs> no, we didn't skip it because Robocop gets taken offline two different times. Robocop gets taken offline two different times. The second time he gets taken offline... He gets tortured by Kane. Yes. Who we need to introduce. Yes. Kane is played by Tom Noonan, totally reprising his role as the Red Dragon. A guy that Autumn knew and I didn't. Tom Noonan... uh, From Twin Peaks? In 1990... Not from Twin Peaks. In 1990, was probably most famous for playing um, the Red Dragon, the serial killer in Manhunter, um, Hmm. which is the first Hannibal film. Um, that's probably what he was most famous for. And he's absolutely like someone hired him for this and said, I just want you to give me red dragon. You're like, I just want that. You know, I want Francis dollar ride. Is that movie not about. Do you know? Okay. Hannibal. Hannibal's already in prison at the start of that movie. What's the movie then? So Will Graham is a detective. Okay. Who. And the bottom, uh, I think I've heard. And the bottom. <clears throat> um, who, a few years ago, caught Hannibal Lecter, the, the serial killer who couldn't be caught. He was too clever. A few years ago, he caught Hannibal Lecter, and he's retired since. And Manhunter slash the novel Red Dragon is about, um, what's his face? Lawrence Fishburne's character, uh, Jack Crawford. Jack Crawford brings Will Graham back into the force and, um, like, Will Graham has to, like, go talk to Hannibal in prison a bunch of times because Hannibal might have, like, helpful information for him, basically. Huh. I guess I just never knew what the conceit of Hannibal as a fictional character was. It's, yeah, it's not, the novels never show Will Graham catching Hannibal Lecter. That, the... Hannibal, the TV show, is the first time you ever get the backstory on how Will Graham 
puts Hannibal in prison. Regardless. Regardless. We're here to talk about RoboCop 2. So Kane is played by Tom Noonan. Um, He is a... He's a bunch of different things. He's like a religious nut. There's a word they use. Zealot? He's the leader of the nuke cult. Yes, he's the leader of the nuke cult. So he's distributing nuke on the streets to... um... But he's also addicted to it himself Mm -hmm. and also it's a type of religious ecstasy for him yes and he they they ambush robocop and they bring him in and they cut him in half and they chop off all his limbs and this is when ocp repairs robocop but puts all these new directives on him basically Mm, no because they do that after his thing with the kid yeah, they do that after because the thing. Because they, they incapacitate him in this scene because he's a yes. pussy. Yes, because he's a pussy. And so they put him back together again, and he goes and electrocutes himself. I don't fucking no, remember. No, he electrocutes himself the first time. I don't fucking remember. I don't remember now. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Robocop is going to get better, and he's going to kill Tom Noonan. He's going to kill... Um, well, he's going to kill Tom Noonan, because once he kills that guy, that guy does not appear again in the film. That's at about the halfway point. We've covered half of this movie. But then it intersects with the other plot, because... Yes. She, the lady Max, what's her name? Fax. Fax. Yes. She's like, hey, you know what might be really cool? What if we put criminals in RoboCop instead of cops? Yes. And everyone thinks this is stupid, but she's like, no, it's great, because her plan is... She takes in um, Kane, and he's addicted to drugs, and so she can manipulate him and be like, no drugs for you until you do what I want you to do. This does not work out. This doesn't. This goes very poorly. The In the absence of Kane's leadership, the child who was evil and saying fuck a whole bunch... Um, just takes over. Just takes over Kane's criminal operation. Somehow. Somehow. Um... And he's going... So the city needs $37 million to um, pay off its debts to OCP. The mayor, who is the weirdest character in this whole movie and doesn't really matter in any meaningful way... He's the, very energetic. Yeah. He's, like, constantly sweaty. He's constantly sweaty. He's constantly, like, hysterical. Yeah, he's constantly hysterical. And it's like... He's, like... One of the very, very few black characters in the movie, and so you're like, and because the because it's so arch about everything, it it like puts my mind in like what is like the thing racially that is happening by having this hysterical black character, and I think the answer is that the movie feels no thoughts had empty about that, you know. I think is what's happening is that the movie's just like here is a character who's hysterical and black, but because the movie is so weird in so many other ways, I'm like, are they making a point? No. Is this a cultural reference we don't get? Yeah. Is this like a reference to like the actual mayor of Detroit in 1990 or something? I don't know. Yeah. This, this could totally be riffing on some specific politician who was well known nationally at the time that is totally lost on us. Um, and anyway, so the child who is running the nuke operation now 
calls the mayor and is like, we'll give you 50 million so you can pay off your debt to OCP. Um, and then you'll just owe us. And how you can pay us back is by not policing nuke anymore. Um, you can win the war on drugs. We'll distribute nuke to whoever wants it um, at a, for cheap. And you just leave us the fuck alone. And then you get to be the mayor who got rid of crime in Detroit. For some reason. Um, this is stupid. But regardless. Uh, Robocop 2. Uh, in the guy. Kane. Now Robocop 2. Shows up and shoots everybody. Because. Um, what is inside of Robocop 2? <laughs> there are many things inside Robocop 2. One. Guns. Uh-huh. Two. A little port that opens up and takes in the drugs. Uh-huh. <laughs> and number three. A TV screen. That <laughs> and it, behind the TV screen? Behind the TV screen, a brain. And? A spine. And one more thing. Eyeballs. That's right. <laughs> the TV screen has, like, it almost looks like Leonard Nimoy's Seaman. Of like, no, it looks like a Half-Life 2 guy. It looks like a Half-Life 2 guy. Uh, what is supposed to be Tom Noonan's face didn't really look recognizable as Tom I Noonan. I think that everything that people do about, like deforming gary's mod models Mm -hmm. is just blooming from the seeds sown by robocop 2 yeah for sure i feel like that's just infiltrated everyone's like subconscious and then it manifested again 20 years later Mm -hmm. 10 years later 20 years later 20 years later in gary's mod videos 15 years later 1990 to 2010 1990 to 2005 because Half-Life 2 came out in 2004. We don't need to do all well, of who that. who cares? <laughs> the memes were in, like, 2010. Yeah, who cares? Anyway, um, so the girl sees... The girl who Kane was fucking sees Kane in RoboCop 2. She's like, ooh, I could fuck a robot. And then Kane is like, actually, I want drugs. He just goes, and then he kills her. Yeah, and he kills everybody except the mayor gets out. And the one kid gets out, and um, it's like, Mr. Mayor, why were there so many advisors meeting with the people who sell nuke? And the mayor's like, <laughs> I have no idea. We're investigating this. So I, but I wasn't there. No one saw me there because I wasn't there. Um, OCP uh, now <laughs> is the Nazis. Oh, yeah. There's a part where they become Nazis. It's literally like... The red and black flag with the OCP logo, and all of the security guards have SS hats. Yeah, for some reason, they go like... Like, it's like, they're just a normal 80s finance capital, like building. Oh, the thing about winning the war on drugs was because they were going to help Detroit pay off OCP. Yeah. You didn't mention that. I did mention that. No, I don't think so. I mentioned that. I don't think you mentioned that. (laughs) Because you said for some reason. This movie is such a mess. (laughs) This movie is a roller coaster, but it's never boring. (laughs) It's never boring. Anyway, OCP now fully Nazi-moded for some reason. Um, Because this is the visual language of authoritarianism in 1990, maybe? Perhaps. Um... Or do you think Frank Miller did this? <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, I do. I, I explicitly think so. Well, we can circle back to Frank Miller's involvement in this movie in a minute. 
because we're going to finish up the plot here. You might be thinking, where's RoboCop in all this? When, do, <laughs> when are we getting back to RoboCop? And RoboCop's thinking the same thing, because he kind of wanders into the OCP thing for no discernible reason. The and unveiling starts... ceremony for Delta City. Yeah, they unveil Delta City, and they're like, and here's who will police it. I, ladies and gentlemen, RoboCop 2. And um, RoboCop 2 rises up, and he's just kind of standing there, and then... Um... <laughs> The evil CEO guy takes out his big thing of nuke, and he's like, and the, our, our RoboCop 2 will get rid of nuke. There won't be any more evil drugs in our city. No more nuke, because no one could ever love nuke in our beautiful, clean Delta City. And RoboCop 2 shakes off his restraints and goes to steal the nuke because he wants the drugs so bad. Well, he also mentions that they can use the nuke to control RoboCop 2. Yeah, he does do that. And um, and she demonstrates, like, uh-uh, no drugs until you get your... Yeah. You know, till you clean up the streets or whatever. Right. Um, and, but, but... Anyway, he goes on a rampage. He starts killing people. He, he starts killing people. What issues from this is a huge long action scene between RoboCop and RoboCop 2. Their fight involves a car chase moment at some point oh this is the car chase is from before the car, car chase is from when he kills tom noonan the car the the robocop on a motorcycle is from before he kills the guy but yes but there's also a chase robocop here. defeats robocop 2 in the movie ends <laughs> but robocop 2 is defeated because robocop grabs him from behind and is on top of him on his back and uh -huh. shooting him and then he pulls out the brain and punches it. Great movie. Four stars. Four stars. So, okay. Uh, <laughs> this movie's a mess. But it's a really fun mess. It's impossible to summarize because there's too many plots. And not most of them don't matter. But you can't tell in the moment what's going to matter and what's not. We didn't even talk about the uh, traitor cop. We didn't talk about the traitor cop because that that plotline ends up not mattering. Well, they get it because RoboCop kills him. No, the, he doesn't. He doesn't kill the traitor cop. Kane kills the traitor cop for fun. Oh, he tortures him to death. Yeah, for no reason to show you how he evil knocks he is. Him, he knocks him out. He punches yeah. him. Yeah. Regardless, this movie. Is kind of a mess, but I had a great time. I had a great time. It, okay, so backstory on this that I learned since we last since we watched the movie last night. The movie they wanted this movie to come out in 1988 because it was really important to them that the next one come out before the election, right? Um, that didn't happen. Obviously, George Bush is fully in office when this movie comes out. <laughs> Um, yeah, um, the guys they hired, Lee, they have a first draft called Robocop Corporate Wars, and Frank Miller is then brought in once that falls through and does a rough draft for both Robocop 2 and Robocop 3. He takes some ideas from Corporate Wars, brings in a bunch of his other stuff. Um, and because he only has experience writing comics, 
somebody at, at Orion, the the distribution company, is like, this movie's gonna cost way too much to make. <laughs> you've you've written the biggest movie in the world because because Frank Miller not only writes comics but draws comics, and so he's probably just coming up with ideas that he wants to draw. I assume, <laughs> um, and not thinking about the budget. And so then they bring in um, Waylon Green, or, is, I don't know, Waylon Green, um, to um, do another pass at the movie, basically. Um, and uh, so a lot of the plotting does actually remind me of, like, 1980s Frank Miller comics, which is a thing that I have read a ton of and have a great deal of affection for, despite all their numerous, numerous, numerous problems. Um... And it made it very easy for me to follow the movie because I very much understand the rhythms. Um, like, I could see where issue one of this six-issue series ended and where issue three ends and where issue four ends. I could see the, the, the like... <laughs> I could see the outline of it as I'm watching. And you, <laughs> who is not inundated in this shit, you are not in the shit like I am on this. I had a much harder time following, and I think that's reflected in the, our total inability to summarize the movie in a meaningful way. The important thing to know is that the costumes look worse. The costumes look worse. But there's more action. But there's more action. Uh, and it's more heightened. It's more arch, like you said. Yeah. Everything's we... like already exaggerated in Robocop, but this is more like dramatic, I guess. Yeah, so... Paul Verhoeven, um, Nia texted me something because she watched Robocop just yesterday. And I thought she made a really good point. Is that Paul Verhoeven gets a script that's always just like a normal movie script. And then he decides to make it into a satire without really changing the script. You know? Is the feeling that she got from Robocop and Starship Troopers, right? That makes sense. I think that the events as depicted in Starship Troopers are pretty accurate to the events as depicted in the book, from what I've heard. Right. And, and the, the the difference is in, like, tone and, and character. Right, exactly. Which, if I'm... If I... What I've heard is that the book has neither um, character nor <laughs> really tone. <laughs> it um, seems like he said that that book was just boring. Um... So, um, 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 this movie does not have that satirical element so much, other than, and this feels deeply Frank Miller, the satire of these namby-pandy liberals. And the commercials. And the commercials. Um, Because the Amazon is now irradiated, mm -hmm. but that's okay. That's okay. We're moving on. Yeah. There's like... The the ways in which Frank Miller does dystopia is that like everything's bad, but it, it's the corporations are evil because they they're going to take away our freedom, but the government is equally evil because they're also taking away our freedom, and so it's dystopia on all sides. Detroit is a dystopia in this movie, and the one good thing is robocop being batman because that is freedom and masculinity and um the police rallying behind robocop and not caring about this union stuff whatever police unions aren't unions but you know in the in the 
in the lexicon of the movie, um, police unions are, you know, the same as, as, as a teamster union or whatever. Um, and like the only thing that you can do to be good in this awful hell world is to, you know, be a, be a lone gunman type, you know, like just out on your own shooting dudes, not asking questions, not arresting people. Arresting people is for pussies. Arresting people is for pussies. Um, what a fascinating film. <laughs> what an absolutely fast it, it's cool because like i say I, I i love the comic books that this is drawing from the last movie was drawing from comic books a lot too this is a very different tone but it's drawing from the same material and it's cool to see the thing that i like made into a movie in such a direct way um if you don't like this stuff that i like and if you're not like if your tastes are not aligned and you just see RoboCop 2 and you think that's a weird mess that's not a very good movie I get it you know you have uh you're missing out I think you're missing out but like I could see how somebody watches this and thinks that's a terrible movie um you want to talk about the special effects because they're weird I don't have anything to say about them you you had stuff to say about how you felt about RoboCop's new outfit I felt like uh because we were talking about how like the things that robocop is capable of change a lot in this movie i my note was more that he acts more like an animatronic in this and his movements in the first one were not that like goofy Mm-hmm. it's very exaggerated the ways in which and it's partly i think because he had a metal suit in the last movie or at least a suit that was believably made of metal and now it is clearly a suit made of cheap plastic <laughs> You know? Yeah, they give him more things to do, more things he's capable of. He's agile. Well, he's... No, that'll be 2014 RoboCop. Mm Mm-hmm. He'll be doing combat roles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, 2014 RoboCop will do a Dark Souls role. Um, But he's just, like, doing one-liners. Yeah. Shooting walls to ricochet and hit a guy who's holding a baby hostage. Yeah, totally. Um, he's I don't like, have that much more to say about RoboCop 2, though. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. But I had a root canal today, and we, we just already recorded a podcast. You know what? So fair. I think it's about time that we say our goodbyes, and we'll be back next week with RoboCop 3. Yeah. Which I'm pretty sure he has a jetpack in. Are you looking forward to RoboCop 3 in any way? Sure. Did this Did this give you hope for RoboCop 3? Sure. I don't know. Okay. I have almost no expectations going into any of these. I read the first couple pages of a RoboCop comic. Can I tell you the the premise here? I was just going to say, RoboCop is not a thing that I revere because I saw it a long time ago and it's like a classic of culture or whatever, like mm-hmm. it is for some people. It's a movie I saw last week. Yeah. So, you know, I'm pretty open. I'm not set in RoboCop as a masterpiece. It is a, above... Mm-hmm. A certain it is a, a different s- section of film uh-huh. that is like part of a canon. It's just a movie I'd heard of, and then I saw it last week, and then I'm seeing these this week, mm. and I'm still having a good time. I don't think it's quite as good as Robocop. It's a star less. Yeah, but I'm not scared of watching the Robocop sequels. Now, 
Am I a little bit worried about the Scorpion King series? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we mm-hmm. don't have to do that for a while. We're doing uh, Highlander next. Yeah, Highlander will be fun. It can't, that can't be boring. It's got swords. <laughs> um, can I tell you the premise of this RoboCop comic? Yeah, is it, is it versus the Terminator? It's versus the Terminator. They're kind of the opposite if you think about it. One is a robot covered in skin. Uh-huh, uh-huh. The other one is a brain covered in robot. Frank Miller had the same thought writing this comic. Because <laughs> the premise of RoboCop versus Terminator uh-huh. is that the humans in the fu- in the the dark future tr- uh, of, of Skynet has taken over the world have traced back this one person brought together man and machine. And so we have to stop him before he can become RoboCop because him becoming RoboCop is what's going to bring Skynet online and make it evil. Okay. <laughs> because the the advent of RoboCop will be the trigger to... Um... So they send a Terminator <laughs> back. So the humans send a Terminator back in time to kill No, the, the humans send... Um, a human back they don't send a terminator back so how does he fight a robot how does he fight a terminator then well i assume the terminator i assume that it's the plot of the film terminator where the terminator sent a terminator back but why would they send the terminator back well okay so the plot is are uh, they sending a terminator back to stop the other guy from being sent back in time so the plot of terminator is that Skynet sends a Terminator back in time yes. to kill Sarah Connor. Yes. And the humans send, what's his name? Kyle Reese. Kyle Reese back in time to prevent that from happening. What's his name? <laughs> I couldn't remember. <laughs> I think this is similar, but the humans are sending... Um, Kyle Reese? Are sending a woman back in time to kill Alex Murphy, and the Terminators are sending a Terminator back in time to prevent her from killing Alex Murphy. But then on, like, page six, he's become RoboCop, and she's like, oh, no, I failed! <laughs> and then I fell asleep, but I didn't read page seven, so I don't know where it's going from there. How many pages are there? Uh, it's a four-issue series. I was reading this at approximately 12.30 last night. Oh, you're never up past midnight. Uh, yeah, no, that's why I fell asleep reading page six. <laughs> but, uh... That's the podcast. That's the podcast. You want to do some plugs? You can find me on Twitter at Autumnal underscore coffee. You can find me on co-host at Autumnal. Over there, I've been doing big posts each week where I gather up all the shows that we've been doing. Uh, and kind of you link them all there. So if you want to keep up with all things going on in the Export Audio Network, you can do that by going to cohost.org slash Autumnal. You can also go to patreon.com slash export audio. Pitch in a dollar a month and you get uh, early access to this podcast or any stairwells. Uh, Gotham City Limits, some other stuff, um, and for five dollars a month, you get Pop Town Funk, which we just recorded right before this, and it's a little higher energy, um, <laughs> and you get access to uh, more episodes of Coffee and Comic Books. So if you want to hear Rick and I talk about uh, Terminator versus RoboCop, that's not on the schedule, but we'll probably do that at some point. If nothing else, I'll read it before our next uh, episode, which will be a paid episode. So if you want to hear me talk about the rest of RoboCop versus Terminator, that'll probably be on one of the paid episodes of Coffee and Comic Books. You can always send emails to exportaudiopodcast at gmail.com, especially about RoboCop. Mm-hmm. My question to you, listener, do you think that Judge Dredd could catch Hannibal? 
<laughs> Email us your thoughts about Judge Dredd catching Hannibal to exportaudiopodcast at gmail.com. Nora, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at neither Nora or on co-host at Ashworm. Ash with an E-worm with a Y. You can find stuff I've done at norablake.online. And tonight you can find me horizontal. <laughs> this I'm bitch gonna, straight zonted. I'm going to lay the fuck down. I'm going to play some Diablo. Are you overburdened? I can't carry anymore. <laughs> uh, until next time, bitches leave. You're bitches. I oh, said I bitches leave. <laughs>